now rocking with Matt and Dez. Let's go. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I am your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. And welcome to today's episode. We have a great friend of ours, Dub Alexander, who serves as a prophet to the government mountain. He's also out of Amarillo, Texas. And we're so excited to have Dub on the show today. Yes, it's going to be epic. I can feel it. So, Dub, what is up, my friend? Man, I'm just excited to be here with you guys. I consider you guys kingdom comrades, and I love uh, the heart that we all three share for seeing reformation occur in the earth and leveraging the prophetic for that. And so, I'm excited to have a conversation about that, man. Well, I'm excited about the conversation because, to be honest, we are doing a podcast because of you. You actually (laughs) had a podcast. Yes. Where you had me on and uh, you want to share a little bit about that experience because seriously, you encourage us to do the podcast. You introduced us to Cassidy who actually puts our podcast together and shout out to Cassidy. And so uh, you want to just kind of share with the listeners how this kind of came about? Yeah, so crazy. So I actually met you guys a year ago this week here in Vacaville. At the time, I was the host of one of the top podcasts. Yep in the uh, Christian podcast realm at the time. And so I talked to you guys. I was I was just fascinated by some things that y'all had to say when I met you. And uh, Matt, I was like, man, I got to pull you on the podcast. We got to do a <laughs> podcast together. And so we did an episode, had a great time. And uh, as I got to know your heart more, I just really saw like, wow, we are called for the reformation of the kingdom in the world. Yes. yes. And there's such a need for that. You know, I really feel like uh, revival has really been fleshed out. It's been taught well. There's resources for that. There's an understanding of what that is. There's a great foundation for that. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to kingdom reformation, that's the new wave. That's the new thing. That's, that's Come on. what's happening now. And uh, we share a passion for that. And so, uh, yeah, man, introduced you to uh, my producer, Cassie Atkins. And I was like, man, you have got to get some material out there on this <laughs> format so we can see the kingdom reformation take place yes and it has been amazing so real quick dub for those who may uh this is their first time hearing about you or listening to this podcast earlier i just kind of opened up and said that you are prophet to the government mountain what does that mean maybe those who this is the first time hearing that can you explain a little bit about that and just explain what you do and who you are absolutely so one of the issues that we have in uh, the american church today is that you can have a church culture you can have a prophetic culture you can have a supernatural culture but sadly you can have all of those things and still not have a kingdom culture (laughs) come on and i know you guys have championed that you guys, I mean, had yeah. or have a ministry called Kingdom Culture that you've stewarded for years. Yes. And the thing about a kingdom culture is that it's all about infiltrating society. You know, the religion will isolate, but the kingdom infiltrates. Come on. Yes. And so when you have that kingdom understanding, you begin to realize that, you know, the prophetic is not just for prophesying to each other within the walls of the church. The prophetic is actually the edge for us to go out and be light in the world to equip kings to take territory in mountains. It's a supernatural edge. And so, you know, in our stream, we, we would adhere to the seven nine <laughs> strategy, which, you know, uh, Lance Wall now, Johnny Inlow, some of those guys really champions. <laughs> yes. 
And, uh, you know, we would divide society into seven spheres of influence, one of those being government. And so I do a lot of prophetic training within the church, uh, but where I really have a passion and and where I really come alive is when I get to leverage my prophetic gifting uh, in the government mountain. That's so good. I know early on in in our kind of journey into the kingdom, we started doing things in government, probably didn't even know, realize what we were really doing, but we just had a heart for our city and really it was birthed out of that. And so we began to just pray over um, the government of the city and it led into, you know, let's go meet with the mayor. Let's go see what we can do to bless our city or bless our mayor, even at a personal level at the time. And so that's kind of how it started. And God opened that realm to us um, just through our heart to serve. And so I was just curious, how did that journey start for you and influencing the government mountain? That is a great question. And it's quite a story. I would say, uh, you know, I kind of was uh, splitting my time between two mountains back in the day. I was in the church mountain doing a lot of ministry stuff. And then I had uh, a band. I was traveling and touring and, and doing shows in the arts and entertainment side. What? Of you had a band? I did. I did. It was called Reconciled with a Come K. On. Come on. That's I, I used to do some hip hop too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. I grew up in uh, South Oak Cliff in inner city Dallas. And so what? I come from a hip hop culture. So Come on. <laughs> I love y'all's intro to the show, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Got some hip hop. That's roots. our roots. <laughs> and so about seven years ago, I got introduced to the kingdom, right? Because I was living under the uh, idea or the concept of the gospel of salvation, which is amazing, but it's only the door into the kingdom. And so I had gotten saved and I was pretty much just living under, you know what? I'm going to try and do the best I can, try not to sin, get people saved until I die and go to heaven, right? But when I got introduced to the kingdom wow. and the understanding of, oh, heaven is supposed to come through me and manifest on earth. Yeah. It's supposed to impact culture. Jesus didn't come to bring religion. He came to bring a government. Come on. He didn't come to put me in a pew. He came to put me in a throne. And I've got some authority here on earth to work from. That's when my whole paradigm shifted as to my purpose here on earth. And the guy that introduced me to that is a, a man from Portland, Oregon named Dr. Barry Linhart. He's my spiritual father, and he's worked powerfully in government for the kingdom for over a decade. And uh, so, man, it just naturally, I began to to flow in that stream, uh, just kind of, you know, riding his coattails, you might say it that way, but uh, I'd like to call it uh, inheriting That's right. some position from that guy. That's kingdom right there. <laughs> so he popped some doors open for me, and uh, man, it's just been a natural fit. And so that's, that's uh, how this happened. Well, currently right now, we are at a prophetic conference here at the Mission Church School Prophetic Trainers, and uh, you're here in such, I mean, we just completed day one. And one of the things that we're doing right now is we have all these trainers from around the world that are learning how to activate not prophetic culture, but prophetic community and developing the skill set to see the gift of prophecy not become a ministry skill, but a life skill. And what we teach is that, you know, we don't want to just see the gift of prophecy, First Corinthians chapter 12, gift of prophecy, just operating within church culture, right? Because it's not, when you read scripture and you see some of the prophetic examples of prophets and the gift of prophecy, it wasn't necessarily in a, what we would consider temple or church setting. Uh, you know, you see Daniel being connected to government, Joseph, uh, you know, uh, prophesying into finances and you see all these different examples. Uh, how are you seeing the gift of prophecy and the prophetic transform government? Maybe you could also share a little bit of how you saw that begin to take place. 
Absolutely. You know, it's so important when you get into the higher realms of either business or government, you will find that the influencers at the tops of those realms, they are looking for whatever edge they can find. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's being found, you know, in spiritual advisors that might adhere to new age or or psychics, whatever it is, uh, not the same kingdom that we're a part of. Right. But the reason they're there is there's a void and a vacuum of kingdom people with prophetic skill uh, being in those places to help those people navigate those areas. These are good people that are just feeling the weight of their responsibility so greatly. They're desperate for any help, any edge that they can get so to do the right thing. They've yeah. got good hearts, you know. And so we as prophetic people need to have that understanding and be uh, activating uh, the prophetic in our lives in a way that they can receive it, not in a churchy way, not using a bunch so of Christianese, uh, but in such a way that they are able to understand what we're saying. And so a lot of the prophetic that I do in these, in the government and in these areas is covert. A lot of times I'm not saying, Hey, this is thus saith the Lord. I'm simply hearing a strategy from the Lord and handing it to them that provides a solution. A lot of times I'm just billed as an advisor. I'm introduced Mm. in the room. Hey, this is a guy that he advises in in strategy. Wow. And so, you know, I always say that truth is truth. It doesn't have to wear a Jesus t-shirt, right? (laughs) (laughs) God's heart is for the people, for the nations. And as long as you're willing to hand his heart to these people in an accessible way, you are accomplishing world changing things. And so one of the things that I, that I specialize in is not only, helping connect governmental leaders with practical solutions for their country, but also what I like to call taking a step back in the spirit and seeing what's going on in the spirit behind this and what's the strategy to fix that. And so a great illustration of that would be I was in a room with an ambassador of a country. He's being connected with uh, a, a businessman that has a solution to help with an economic issue crisis really within this country. Now, the practical solution is going to fix the current problem, but I took a step back in the spirit. And I said, Lord, what's going on here beyond the practical? And what I saw was that shame was settling over the people in that country. Wow. And that even when the practical solution was provided, if the mindset of the people was not renewed from a poverty mindset into a wealth mindset, that it wouldn't be a sustainable transformation. <laughs> and so I simply took what I was hearing from the Lord. I repackaged the message. I didn't so you change created the language. Message. Yep. I repackaged the message in a covert way and said, hey, I think it would be wise to, in addition to this practical solution that's being handed to your people, also provide some wealth mindset training and uh, just really help the people understand that they are bringing value to the world that no other nation can. And as you do that, they're going to take ownership of this opportunity. And so it was well-received because it wasn't weird. (laughs) Yeah. And it was spoken in a way that they could understand. And uh, yeah, man. So I hope that that answers your question. Can you give the listener that is listening right now that has a heart to influence the government mountain and they really don't know where to start? Can you give like just a few tips or, or practical things they can do just to begin the process? It feels like a big undertaking. Yeah. To influence that mountain. Yeah. Am I right? Or <laughs> especially in a day where it seems like people hate government. Right. It's yeah. definitely it's chaos. polarizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Government is polarizing. So yeah. 
That's an awesome question. I feel that uh, one of the first things I would encourage you prophetic people to do is to get clear on which route it is that you are going to take your prophetic gifting into government. Because you can go in as a prophet, and that comes through invitation. That comes through becoming known in the church mountain and a government official reaching out to you as a prophet and inviting you into their world. And that's a completely different thing than what I do. I come in as a statesman. I come not through invitation, but infiltration. And so understanding whether you're supposed to come in overtly as a prophet or if you're supposed to come in as an advisor and infiltrate the government mountain in that way, because that's going to be two completely different processes in promoting into the position that God has for you. That is so good. And I think once you get clear on that, the second thing that I would do is just start with local government and understand, you know, there's probably some council members in your in your community. The mayor is usually uh, super accessible, except if you're maybe in a super big city. But find some local government people and begin to prophesy into their lives. And God is going to honor that small beginning and he's going to continue to open doors for you. Come on. So basically what I'm hearing you, and this is what we do here, is we train the rain. So many times when we did our school of ministry years ago, one of the things I would tell our students was that opportunities not knocking because you failed to build the door. And we want opportunity to knock, but we don't build a door. And what I mean in that context is that we want to just step into the fullness of the destiny rather than preparing for the moment. And so you can start training now for government. You don't necessarily have to be in front of a government official right now, but you can take the little step by going and seeing how you can serve the mail in your city or, or just even taking some time to write down some prophetic words in a private setting for when you have a chance to see the mayor or in a government official, just start somewhere. Like just, we're training the reigning, just start to, uh, just wherever you can uh, have access it right now. Is that what you're saying? Man, that's such a great point. You know, and, and understanding that honing your skill, even if you don't get to deliver that word, is so important because it's going to play into the words that you do get to deliver. Absolutely. And so even just pulling up pictures of, you know, do some world leaders, but do some local leaders too. Pull up their picture and say, Lord, share your heart with me for this individual and do the work to craft out a fully developed prophetic word for that individual. I've so got good. books of this stuff. And I do that so that not only, you know, sometimes I'll run into an individual that I've had a, a word in a journal for for two <laughs> years. And guess what? Boom, Come I'm on. prepared, right? Wow. wow. But even if I don't have a word for that specific person, I've trained myself to get the picture, if you're a seer or whatever, get the word and then craft it into language that they can understand. So it's second nature. That covert thing for the way that I am infiltrating government is so important. And you've got to get comfortable in that. That's a skill set. You've got to be comfortable switching that vernacular and making it accessible to the individual. And I just love it because you literally are seeing nations impacted by your relationship coming in covert and being able to speak to economies, to to the shifting of nations that not only can impact life, but save lives. I mean, this is amazing. I mean, you're, you're like a modern day Daniel. And this is what I love, just how you're doing it. Ultimately, you didn't have to face all the things Daniel had to face to get there. But, but you know, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. It has just been an honor uh, just to, to know you and to run with you in this, this area. Yes, absolutely. This is kind of like a side note, but I have noticed as you've been sharing your story and your testimonies of of how you've gained influence in this area is your ability to have emotional intelligence Mm. in every place that you, um, God leads you into encounters with with different um, people in leadership and government. 
Can you give just some keys and why is that important to have that? It doesn't have to be the government mountain. It really could apply to any mountain. But if your heart is to influence, why, in your words, is emotional intelligence important? I love that question, too, because a lot of people are turned off to the prophetic because it could be weird or we just have some weird people that haven't developed the maturity level to have the skill set, right? The emotional intelligence to be able to go in to the marketplace. That's why many times I see people who have a call to be a prophet and maybe in business, maybe in government, but they're stuck in the church because they haven't learned the necessary skill set of, you know, just the, you know, the empathy, the emotional intelligence to be able to go where they need to go. And how do you build trust and rapport with someone in such a small, short time window? Because hmm. that, I feel like, plays into it. So good. You guys are pulling on all my secrets now, but oh. I will give them to you. So here's Come the on, deal. give them to us. When you talk about protocol in the government mountain, you know, there's some practical things that you can do as far as researching the culture, you know, put in a call to the embassy, whatever. All those things are great. But the two things that will allow you to move in protocol naturally and successfully are self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Those two things. So good. And so what I've done is I've made myself a student of the DISC test specifically. I know there's a bunch out there. I use the DISC test and I've... I've trained in this so much and so hard that I can immediately identify, okay, that person is a D, that person is an I, that person is an S, that person is a C. And I can do it from the way that they shake my hand. I can do it from their wardrobe choice. I can do it from what type of shoe they're wearing, from the car that they drive. All of those things play into that person's personality. And what is so important, I know you've heard me say it before in this show, but making the word accessible to them. So if you've got a D who's dominant, You need to deliver that word, that strategy from the Lord with, hey, this is going to work. This is going, this is a solution to your problem because that's going to open their ear to hear the word that you're about to hand to them. Wow. If you're prophesying to an I covertly, you've got the strategy of the Lord. You deliver that same strategy, but you preface it with, hey, this is going to work. This is what the people are looking for you to do because they're all about influence. (laughs) If it's an S you would say, hey, this is the strategy and this is going to take care of your people because that's their value system. If it's for a C, you're going to say, hey, this is what you need to do and this is why. And you're going to have to add some detail into why that strategy is going to work because they're conscientious. They're worried about details. And so immediately when I meet someone, I walk into their office. I'm looking at the pictures that are on the walls. I'm looking at their wardrobe choice. I'm watching how they shake my hand. I'm reading them. It's a discernment skill. I'm reading their personality so that when I get the word of the Lord, I'm able to deliver it in a way that they're going to receive it. And secondarily, that other piece is emotional intelligence. I have to understand how I operate so I'm able to differentiate what I'm feeling or we prophetic people might say what my voice is from the voice of the Lord and the voice of the person who is in the room with me. The higher levels of influence that I get into, the person with the most emotional intelligence is the most powerful person in the room. And that needs to be us as kingdom prophetic people. And so we, if we can add these practical skills into the supernatural gift That's so good. of the prophetic, man, we can take a nation. We can influence people in every area of society. And I love training people in that. And those who are not familiar with DISC, I know... DISC is a D-I-S-C. Can you explain what those are? Absolutely. So Ds are dominant personalities. They're very goal-driven and they want to get as much done as quickly as possible. The I is all about influence. The more people, the better. 
Wow. S's are all about steadiness and taking care of people, and C's are about taking care of the details, making sure that things get done right the first time. And so you can see this play out. Let's say you go to a hotel at a big city. People are walking up to the elevator. The D is going to be the person, the dominant person, who is standing at the elevator door, continuing to punch the up button, even though it's already lit up. I think okay. you're talking about me. <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Oh, man. So once the door opens, the D is the first one on the elevator because life is a competition and he is going to win. <laughs> the second person on the elevator is the C, the conscientious one, who has gotten there at exactly the right time because they are never late. He gets on the elevator. The S gets on the elevator next and is holding the door open for the I, the influencer, who is saying hello to the 87 people that he knows on the way to the elevator while the D punches the closed oh, door so button. Good. Once everybody is on the elevator, the C is calculating the weight of every individual passenger to make sure that the weight capacity of the elevator is not exceeded. <laughs> and so it's just that simple. As you become a student so of it, you can look at every scenario around you and begin to identify, okay, this is how this individual is operating. And so this is how I need to present myself to them in a way that they will find value in what I'm saying. Wow. And so, I mean, <laughs> but so seriously, good. you can implement, once you learn how to do this, you can begin to just read situations, rooms, wow. people everywhere, and it's going to give you an edge. Wow. That's I so mean, you helpful. can do that across yeah. any mountain of influence. Absolutely. I mean, this is just, this is, this is gold right here, guys. This is this is gold. This is so good, Dub. I mean, I'm I'm thinking in my mind already. I'm already I'm receiving all this right now. Hey, one of the things I want to just switch it up real quick. Part of our podcast is that we we just have these conversations. We want to get conversations started. You know, uh, we want to change a narrative, and many times a narrative can be changed by just one conversation. And me, you, and a couple of uh, other good friends of ours, which we'll talk, uh, we'll give a little, we'll talk a little bit more. Drew and and Brian, uh, Drew Neal and Brian Orm. Uh, we have these conversations many times about the reformation that God is releasing right now on the earth uh, to the church. And it's going to affect every mountain. What is the difference? And let's just talk about this right now. You know, we've been so impacted by revival culture. Now we're starting to see the next part of this with reformation culture that I believe is really going to release a renaissance. Can we talk about this just a little bit? Can we dialogue in this? Like, what are you like? What, what's the difference between revival, reformation? How does kingdom prophetic fit in that? It's a big question, but you're have the shoulders to carry it. It's one of my favorite questions, man. I really feel like, you know, revival is for the sake of the individual. Reformation is for the sake of the entity. Revival is all about the soul. Reformation is all about the system. <laughs> and so if you are in a revival culture, you will learn how to leverage the prophetic for the sake of the revival of the individual. But if you are shifting into a reformational culture, you will learn how to leverage the prophetic on behalf of the entity to see reformation come to the system. And, you know, it says that God so loved the world. And that's cosmos in the Greek. And cosmos is the governing systems of authority. And so God not only loves us as individuals, but he loves the systems that we are a part of. And he has a plan not just for us individually. He's got a plan for the education system. He's got a plan for government. He's got a plan for every sphere of society that you can think of. And the glory is hidden in those systems. Our job is to go and grasp the glory and bring it to God. You know, we can't stand around and sing glory to you, God, when you don't have any glory in your hands, guys. Come on. We got to go get some glory. The glory is hidden in the kingdoms. How do I know that? Because in the temptation of Jesus, 
the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. We don't get the glory to give to God until we go take the kingdoms of this world. That's where the glory is hidden. And so as we begin to bring God's heart into the world for the sake of systems, and we begin to make systems and spheres of influence come into alignment with the design that God has for them, that's when they will begin to exhibit glory and that's when we can give that glory to god wow and would you say dub that part of that necessary mindset that needs to be shifted is that sometimes in a revival culture we can be so consumed with just our personal relationship that sometimes we forget that we need to leak out into the world around us that our personal relationship with God should affect the world around us. And I would even, I would go as far as saying that, you know, one of the things that you just hit on so good about reformation, defining it so well, is that many times there's almost like a fear of the world where we just like the church becomes a panic room rather than a war room where we get strategies to transform the world. And it's like we're running away from the world. We come to church, stay in this panic room, stay in our Christian bubble. And it's like we're afraid. Many times it's a mindset because we're afraid of sin and we're uh, afraid that we'll get the, the sin cooties, you know, instead of actually believing that were solutionaries, like our good friend Drew Neal says. Like many times we, when we see problems, right? Uh, the problem now becomes exalted uh, before the answers we carry because all we can see is problems. And so would you say that part of bringing reformation has to be that mindset shift of understanding that we actually have answers to the broken systems of society? Yeah, man. When, when we move out of salvation mode, which is all about how do I fix me or what fix is available for me, and we move into solutionary mode, as Drew would say, <laughs> that's when you become the answer to the things that are around you. I love what you're saying about, yeah, man, we gotta. you actually cannot grow the kingdom in the church. The kingdom can't grow in the church. All of the church is in the kingdom, but not all the kingdom is in the church. <laughs> and you can't grow the kingdom in the church. Everybody in the church is already in the kingdom. So you actually have to get outside of the church in order to see the kingdom grow. That's so good. And so you've got to go. Light doesn't do any good in a light room. Light Ooh. does good in the darkness, right? We are the light of not the church. We are the light of the world. You know, the church will oftentimes gather for revival when we're actually supposed to go for the sake of reformation. Wow. And oh, so man. that's what I know. All of us share a passion for that in this room. I'm getting jacked up right now. I know. Boy. I have too. I don't know if you can feel that right now, but it's electric. <laughs> it is in here. Like, I'm like, this is, this is insane. You know, I even see this with you, babe. I know your journey even though we were in ministry together, a lot of your beginnings was in business, either working with business leaders in the community, even a good friend of ours who I know you started with. And then also, you know, you are currently in, in a partnership, uh, a business uh, with your dad, but you're actually seeing this beginning to take and, and just seeing reformation, things you learn in the church, but apply it to the business realm. And I love that. Is there any insight maybe you can give just some nuggets to those who maybe are not in government, but are in business? Well, first of all, I just so appreciate the language that you're bringing up. This is like, like Matt said, it's gold. Like, I just feel like that there's so there's something tangible yeah. being released right now that people can just grab a hold of. So I'm doing that right now, even <laughs> as you're sharing. Yes. Um, I just love it. And I feel like um, we shared about in our very first intro episode, 
episode about how we are kind of our journey into the the kingdom revelation and and how that transformed both of our lives, me and Matt. But for me, growing up in the church and only knowing one way of doing life in God and this the message of salvation was really the only thing I I knew that I could access. And so coming into this new place of of revelation of the kingdom and and what that looks like to walk it out, it really I feel like there's something special about the college campuses because I feel like those are the mind molders of society and that's where God really established our ministry. And so I didn't even have a chance to try to see that play out in any other way instead of, okay, we have to do our part to change the culture of this campus. And so that really launched us into, and then it just grew from there. Once we started seeing the culture at a, um, like an atmospheric level change on our campus, we're like, it just grew our heart for our city. And then it grew our heart for the for the state and then it grew our heart for the nation and then the nations of the world. I feel like it doesn't just stop there. When you get a when you catch like the fire that that is available to us and and you see the fruit of the message cuz Jesus always backs it up. You know, signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Jesus always backs it up. And so when you operate in that um it's just it's fun. Let me just say that. Like, it's not boring. Yeah. I know Matt has this phrase, you know, there are a lot of boring Christians, but we're not one of them. You know, like <laughs> yes. the kingdom's not boring. Being a Christian's not boring. And yes. so specifically to your question about business, I think it started out, I went to school for business. I, that's what my degree's in. And I always had a heart for business, but we were in ministry. And so for a long period of time, it's just not where my focus was. I was like, you know, I have a heart for business and our nonprofit ministry kind of was our business in kind of a way. And, um, but what we did do and how we started out was just beginning to pray over businesses. We began to go into businesses in our city or friends of ours would invite us in and we would prophesy and pray over different businesses. And we began to see testimonies and and things shift in their business. I remember one friend of ours, we went in and prayed over a business. It's a, a restaurant owner that they were just starting out and there was restaurants all around them that were failing and were closing their doors. And Major chain restaurants. Yeah. And so like one of the newspapers came to them and said, what are you doing? to to stay open like everyone else is closing down and and it was God and God gave us a strategy and he's the one that is and is causing our business to flourish and so we just saw testimony after testimony like that and so now I'm in this new place this new season where I'm getting to really develop that even more in my so life good. and to see that even in a, a practical way in business and so I'm I'm still learning I'm on the journey I'm I'm learning how to do that even it's not always this this grandiose thing right sometimes <laughs> Sometimes it's just having an yeah. encouraging word for yeah. your office manager or you or sometimes it's just praying for your boss on the way to work shifting the atmosphere before you even show up like I feel like that's one thing that God's really um, wow, challenging good, me man. in is okay I'm feeling stuff I'm sensing stuff because I'm I consider myself a feeler so oftentimes I'll feel stuff and if I'm not if I don't clue into it I feel I take it up personally and so that's just an encouraging note right there um, a lot of times we pick up on stuff whether you're a feeler see or no or whatever and just to turn that into prophetic declarations and intercession and you're going to begin to see it shift before you even show up and so that's been a cool thing that i've seen god do recently and this is what i'm love this is what i'm hearing from you des and i'm hearing from you dub is there is a significant difference between christendom and kingdom and christian culture and kingdom culture and I think what I what I'm hearing, and I know this is just something that I love to teach on, 
is that many times in the Christian culture, uh, you really, if, if you have a call to business, if you have a call to government, if you have a call to different places outside of the ministry aspect, you feel like it's not good enough or, or your parent, you can't live your destiny because in Christian culture, it, there's really no kingdom culture because kingdom, and that's what Jesus came. He came with the message of the kingdom because we are supposed to go in and transform the world with the kingdom. And this is what I love. I, I just love it because I'm hearing this from both you guys is that when you guys got the revelation of the kingdom, it empowered you to go in to the areas of influence that were outside the church mountain. Can I just give one one example of this that's very recent? Um, my dad owns car washes and I'm partnering him with him in that business. And I feel like this could be uh, just an example of what this looks like, Christendom versus kingdom. It's like we when we got the land, what I feel like I'm bringing to the table is we're not seeing this as a business just to provide income for people or, or create some some money, right? We went in and we blessed the land. We prophesied and declared over the land that that actual land and our purpose for being there is not just to provide a service to the community. But I believe that when we prophesy and declare and take responsibility as business owners in that area, that it's going to shift the culture in that whole area. (laughs) And I really believe, and as we begin to bless our community surrounding that business, it's the same mindset we have as in the church, I feel like, and we, in a good way, you know, we can take it into our businesses and it's not worth sprinkling God on top of our business and say, God, will you please bless this so we can flourish? (laughs) You know, like, no, it's at the very, everything we do and every, every thought process and how we build a business has to do with how is this going to advance the kingdom of God? The presence of God is so strong in here right now. (laughs) I mean, this is just, this is crazy. What I love about what you just said is that you're not having a business and asking God to bless it, you are understanding that your business is the blessing of Come God on. to the community. Come on. That's a big deal. <laughs> what would you say, Dub, is the difference between a kingdom culture and a church culture or a Christian culture? Yeah. So my the big distinction would be, you know, that the church culture does a great, a great job with so many things. Yeah. Um, you know, the family aspect of the kingdom is yes. what the church has captured. Here's the deal. You guys need to hear me. That the kingdom is familial in nature, but it is governmental in structure. And so the the church has captured the familial nature of the kingdom, that we are, in fact, a royal family. Mm -hmm. And we've done a great job of building community around that. But the lack of understanding, and it's not just because I'm a government guy. In fact, the truth is that I, because I understand the revelation of the kingdom being a government is what makes me effective in the government. But what is lacking in a church culture that a kingdom culture has is the governmental structure of the kingdom (laughs) that we are called to bring the governance, the heart and the authority of God from the unseen realm and manifest it into the seen realm. And that we are supposed to be taking territory, not pulling people into the church, but sending people from the church in order to transform the world. I love that. So good. One of the things we did years ago when we did campus ministry, because I would see this, we would see this leaven of church culture within students, and we wanted to develop kingdom culture. Now, church culture, there's nothing wrong with church culture. All of us have been impacted or have been, uh, you know, part of the church culture. But what I'm saying is that whenever we would take, we would purposely take student teams overseas. 
because overseas is where the leaven within your mind is tested, your mindset, whether your mindset is fully church culture or kingdom culture. Because overseas, that which worked in American church that was part of church culture didn't work overseas. Come on. What worked was kingdom culture <laughs> because the kingdom works everywhere, everywhere. all the time. Bro, come anywhere. on. Anywhere. Church culture, American church culture, it only works in a certain environment. Yeah. And so this really helped the college students that we led in our campus ministry understand, okay, what's coming to the surface? All right, I'm understanding this is what the kingdom looks like. This works everywhere. And this is what I I love this conversation we're having here. It's so good, man. It just, so it's good. so amazing. You know, the church culture, because of that familial nature understanding that they have, they do a great job of fostering the understanding that you're a son. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And being a son of God is enough, more than enough for me for forever. Yeah, but the world is dying for me to be a king. And so bringing in that aspect, because listen, before Jesus Christ was Jesus Christ, he was the word. And it was more than enough for Jesus to be the word forever, but we were dying for him to be a savior. Mm. And so just as Jesus stepped out of that singular position of being the word and became the savior of the world as well, it is time for us, all of you guys who are listening to the sound of my voice right now, yes, you are a son of God. Yes, you are a daughter of God, but it's also time for you to step into kingship for the sake of the world. Whoa. Uh, yeah, this was good. So we can keep talking. We're going to have to have you on a couple more episodes. Uh, it just, it's, <laughs> there's so much we can talk about right now, but I don't want to open that can yet. This have to be another episode. But how can people get a hold of you? How can they find you, Dub? I know you have an amazing Facebook group, and so there's some things that you do in the area of training. Yes. Um, could you just let the listener know? Well, thank you so much for that opportunity, man. And, you know, getting around you and uh, you and Des and and uh, Dano and Keith and some of those guys, what's really happening to me right now is becoming a resource. You know, I've been doing my government prophetic thing, just flying solo, and you guys are really pulling the resources out of me. So I'm, I'm barely into that journey. So right now, I've got some great resources on the way that are right now being produced. Come on. But right now, just find me on Facebook, B Alexander. Let's connect there, and you're going to be able to, uh, to catch some tidbits that I'll throw out there all the time. And then as my resources become available, you're going to be able to snag those. Also, any last thing you'd like to let the listener know? Any last uh, revelations or just nuggets? You Man, you got more nuggets than McDonald's. <laughs> this is Are amazing. you loving it? <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Here's the deal. I'm going to leave you with this because what started this whole journey for me seven years ago was Holy Spirit asked me, what is the kingdom? And I couldn't define it. And it drove me crazy until I was able to define the kingdom. So I'm going to define it for you right now. Even just the word kingdom is a compound word from three words, king, domain, and dominion. In order to have a kingdom, you have to have a ruler, a territory, and a governing system of authority over that territory. So the kingdom of God advancing on earth, the territory is the earth, and the governing system of authority over that is the world structure, and the ruler is supposed to be a co-rulership between you and the Lord. Mm. And so... In its simplest form, the kingdom is this, the advancement of the heart and the authority of God from the unseen realm into the seen realm through you. That's what you were created to do, so let's do it. Wow. Come on. So good, so good. Well, Dub, thank you so much for being on this episode today. It's been an honor. I've learned so much today. I'm going to seriously go back and listen to this over and over and over. (laughs) This is amazing, amazing. 
Well, thank you all for joining us today for the Matt and Dez experience. It was an honor to have you listen to this episode. We look forward to having you join us and listen to other episodes that will be launching here soon. Yes, please go and subscribe and review it. We really appreciate it. Until next time. We are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Dez Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddez.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.